Hey, you. Yeah, you. You ever been to camp? Look at you. Of course you haven't. You're a wrestling fan. But Killian McMurphy and Big Dust are here to let you in on a little secret. You can go to Camp Leapfrog on IWTV. You looking for wrestling that's fun? Wrestling that's different? Wrestling that everyone's gonna love? Or are you just looking for Killian McMurphy to beat the snot out of some geek? That's Camp Leapfrog on IWTV. Tune in now, nerds. What is going on, Nerds of Wrestling, and welcome back to What's Up Wrestler, a podcast by Nerds of Wrestling. It is I, your host, Justin Del Rio, and I am so glad to be back doing my podcast. It is August 13th, Friday, and my guest at this very time is The Wrestler, Jack Tomlinson. What is going on, bro? How are hey. you? Hey, howdy, hey. Oh, um, I was good until like three seconds ago because I just realized it's Friday the 13th. Mm. You yes. put into my mind, into the universe for me. So I have an excuse. This turns out terrible. That's that's why I was bad because it's Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> Noah, same same goes for me, man. Uh, how you been, dude? Uh, what's going on? How's life treating you? It's good. It's good. Uh, you know, I'm. It's, we're all in it. We're all in this like freaky boat. Things are finally getting back, and I'm super excited. That the wrestling's starting to pick up again. And now we got that, that Delta, the Delta variant, which is coming back. So now I'm, I'm kind of living life uh, on the edge in terms of right. wrestling. It's It's been awesome. I've been good. I'm enjoying summer. Yeah, dude. Uh, have you been keeping up with any wrestling at all? AEW, WWE? There's so much wrestling going on. Uh, it's a bit overwhelming to say the least. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I always try and keep, uh, keep up to date on everything that's going on. It uh, helps you not only as a performer to p- pick up on things that fans are interested in and keep, make sure right. you're uh, giving them a product that they want to see. It also helps that you're not like copycatting things that are literally happening on TV every week. So it does help to keep up to date. Fair enough. Uh, you know, nerds of wrestling here. I've said it before on my podcast. I'll say it again. Uh, I haven't been keeping up much with uh, wrestling. Unfortunately, uh, it hasn't been really, you know, mm-hmm. catching my attention other than AEW. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on in the world of uh, WWE. Uh, they're they're absolutely insane. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you heard of all the releases that happened last mm-hmm. week, yes. four months ago, so-and-so. Uh, yeah. You know, really quick, if you want to talk about it, what are your thoughts on that, man? Like, do you have any thoughts on, like, releases? Uh, so when it comes to, like, things like, like that, I think it's very um, – you got to be very, very uh, cautious about how you how – you th- say how you feel because none of us actually know really right. what happens. We don't actually know what goes into it and uh, what it is behind closed doors with the performers and with the company in and of itself. So I really can't say, obviously it's sad when anyone loses their job, especially when you look at the names that are on that list. I mean, some of these wrestlers are some of the most entertaining people they've done for the industry. Incredible. Uh, in terms of the company, I really never, I never doubt that that beast that is WWE. Vince has always got something incredible brewing. No matter what anyone says about that company, they're 
they're WWE. They're they're a monster for a reason. You know, I I'm not really worried. I, I like I said, I feel bad for the wrestlers that get fired, but I don't really worry about what's going to happen for right. any of them because in today's world, not only with AEW or Impact or Ring of Honor or anywhere in Japan, there's so many opportunities, and with things like YouTube, you really can manifest your own life, your own business without being with WWE. So if they want it badly enough, they're going to make it happen regardless. I was saying the same thing. It's funny how you brought that up because I said the same thing. A lot of the wrestlers who got signed to WWE already made a huge name for themselves in the indies. And going to WWE was like the icing on the cake. Unfortunately, it sucks. They lost their job, but they're going to be fine when all these other indie promotions um, pick them back up. So at the end of the day, they're going to be good no matter what. Uh, What got you into wrestling? Uh, Let's talk a little bit about you. Who did you grow up uh, idolizing? What really, you know? just got you into the the business yeah for sure so i actually uh i was never really a fan of it much when i was younger i remember my my brother used to watch it he would watch with my father from time to times and i remember walking into our den where our tv was and i saw john cena was on tv and sheamus was on tv and i have no memory what they were talking about but i was like okay this is kind of (laughs) cool these are two very very bright individual Seamus had bright red hair and Cena was wearing a bright uh not uh, like bright orange hair is what I mean and Cena was wearing an orange shirt so I was like well this is a lot of orange and I was kind of just like all right cool this is not my thing nothing wrong with it and then fast forward it's a few months I think it was I watched it a couple more times seen things that were going on but I saw a wrestler by the name of Zack Ryder who is very familiar to me being from Long Island and being trained at the Creative Pro Wrestling Academy I saw him come out with Hugh Jackman. Now, you know who Hugh Jackman is. He's Wolverine. I mean, he's the man. And fast forward, he punches Dolph Ziggler in the face. And I remember seeing that happen live. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I have to I have to get involved in this. And from that point on, I think I went like four years. I never missed a single Raw or a single SmackDown nonstop. I mean, at that time, I was... I was like 11. No, I went until I was like 16. From the age of, like, from the age of 10 to the age of 11, I didn't miss... Age of 10 to the age of 16. That's what right. I, I didn't miss a single Raw, a single SmackDown, nothing in the slightest. I was always watching. I loved it. And it was in that exact moment I saw, I was like, I have to be involved in this. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. That was like 2011, if I'm not mistaken, huh? Oh, yeah. This was like. Oh, Jesus, you're a baby. Holy crap. Like, you're, you're, how old are you? Like 20? I'm 20, yeah. Oh, shit. It's so strange in wrestling because obviously, in the last 11 years that I've been a fan of professional wrestling and especially the last five years I've been a professional wrestler. I've gone back and I've tried to learn and educate myself on everything that's happened. But like, I'll be talking about matches with like other guys that have been watching since I wasn't even born yet. And they're idolizing, you know, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Sometimes you go even farther back. It's, it's Hogan. But then I'm just sitting here. Like I watch Zack Ryder, you know, he's, he was, he was my guy. guy. Zack Ryder was my all time favorite wrestler. He's still to this day, all time favorite professional wrestler. It's insane. The amount of, uh, I don't want to say hate, but a lot of people are hating on Zack Ryder, you know, Macarena with uh, what he's doing in GCW. He does it, uh, it's nuts. It's insane. What are your thoughts on that? He's the deathmatch king. He's the deathmatch king. There's no way around it. It's it's awesome, you know. I I think it's I think it's saying something, you know. Sometimes leaving WWE is the best thing that happens to people's careers, but the world title in GCW, this is something he should have had a long time ago. And he's proving now that he's been able to hold his own with the major pod network. I mean, him and Brian have literally what I just described. They turned their own opportunity using today's technology. So 
it's it's awesome. It's hot. I mean, 10 years ago, he was the hottest thing in wrestling. 10 years later, he's once again the hottest thing in wrestling. Uh, really quick, I want to talk about Zack Ryder. I feel like, this is my personal opinion, in 2011, WWE should have put the world title mm-hmm. on Zack Ryder. That's when he was absolutely on fire. They put the United States title on him, you know, he when he beat Ziggler. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, bro, like, what a missed opportunity. They, they should they should have made that man champion at least once. Not for long, but at least one time just to give him that, you know, that push. Yeah, yeah. I, I Dude, as a fan watching it, that's all I wanted. Looking back and like I said, we never know what was going on there. At the same time, that was the summer of punk, so there was so much that went into it. And honestly, it just helped to the to the character of Zack Ryder. He's experiences the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I mean, it literally just it kind of made his career perfect the way it worked out, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, before we talk more about you and wrestling, drop those plugs. We'll be sure to drop them at the end. Where can the nurse find you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm on every single platform of social media because I'm the Vessler, which if you don't know, a Vessler is a vlogging wrestler, vlogger plus wrestler. It equals Vessler. So you can find me on YouTube, Jack Tomlinson Vlogs. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Jack Tomlinson 2000. And you can find me on Twitter at Jack Tomlinson double O. They wouldn't let me add in the two and the zero because it was too long of a username. Oh, sorry. Last thing. You can also get the merch such as this shirt I'm wearing right now at ProWrestlingTees.com backslash JT Vlogs. Absolutely. Don't worry, nerds. If you missed that, we will be sure to drop those plugs at the end. Uh, Creative Pro Wrestling is where you uh, train. Uh, I know there's multiple, not multiple, a few. Creator Pro, where did you train? Did you train in the one in Jersey? I trained at the one in Hicksville in Long Island. Okay. On Long Island. In Long Island? On Long Island? I don't know which one. Um, one or the other. Uh, yeah. Either, it works. Uh, stepping into the ring for the first time mm-hmm. as a wrestling fan, and now you're doing it for real. Mm-hmm. What was going through your mind? What was that like? First day of training? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I remember it ve- very clearly. I had gone to Creator Pro to see a show, uh, Creator Bro. Robbie E, now Robert Stone, he was uh, in the main event. And I went and spoke to both Brian Myers and Pat Buck that day and told them I wanted to I wanted to train. I was 15 at the time, and they said, sorry, you can't start till you're 16. So I had about th- two and a half months of like nonstop, like, I want this, I want to wrestle, I want to wrestle, I want to wrestle. So when it finally came, I was just kind of so like in the zone, ready to go. And when I remember when I first got there, that day was being trained by VSK. Uh, so VSK, he's been with AEW, wrestled for AEW, Impact, WWE. He was actually there with me in the ring when I wrestled on Raw. So he actually ran training that day, which was really cool. And Bryce Donovan, who's one third member of the Shook Crew, I was actually, uh, I can't believe I'm about to admit this. I was his first ever autograph as a fan. I had gone to a Creative Pro show and I went up to him as a fan. Oh, actually, my dad went up to him for me. And he's like, hey, could I have an autograph of my son? And then I'm in the ring, like stretching out, and Bryce Donovan walks in. He goes, holy shit, what's up, kid? And he high-fives me. So right away, I felt like welcomed in. I felt at home. So I really – the only nerves that ever set in was like the obvious nerves. I want to be one of the best wrestlers ever, and what if I suck? Like that was there, but I felt very safe and very comfortable early on. It's pretty cool how you mentioned Bryce uh, Bryce Donovan because I know you wrestled Bryce Donovan recently against – Kirby Wackerman with uh, your tag team partner at Blitzkrieg. Uh, yes. Was that before we talk more about training? Was that your first time wrestling Bryce Donovan, or you guys have you guys worked before? First time wrestling in front of a crowd. Um, oh, we wrestled wow. in tr- in training. We've had a, a lot of really really cool opportunities to wrestle behind closed doors together, but first time in front of a crowd. 
That's awesome. Before we go back to that, after we go back to that, um, training, what was it like? Uh, how long did it take for you to get booked into your first promotion, your first show? Yeah, so New York's got some interesting rules. Um, you're not allowed to wrestle on a show when until you're 18 in New York State. So you mm. can train at 16, but you can't wrestle until you're 18. So I essentially had two years of just training. I was able to wrestle on birthday party shows because the rules are a little bit different. So I had my first official match after five months. That was on the birthday party show. That was against Smart Mark Sterling, nice. who is uh, Smart Mark Sterling Esquire of AEW. I got to have that match against him. And I believe about six months after that, I had my first independent show. I wrestled for WrestlePro, in New Jer- which is Creative Pro New Jersey, in a battle royal. But that was really it. Outside of one other experience, one other match I had at CZW, I didn't have a single uh, match on the independent show until I turned 18 in those first two years. Damn. So uh, how were you able to kind of keep such a positive mindset with those two years of training, like you're probably itching to get in front of a crowd and wrestle. What was your mindset? How were you able to, again, keep a positive mindset? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it was really hard at times. It was really, really hard because that was coming off. It was going to my senior year of high school. So I was missing a lot of like senior high school experiences uh, to be at training. And then I go to training and then the next youngest person there, I believe if I'm correct, they were 21 at the time and I was 16. So that's like a five year difference. And it may not sound like a lot, but maturity wise, it kind of was hard at times. So it was very difficult. It was really hard. Uh, Thankfully I did theater throughout all of high school. So there were certain scenarios when I would have to miss wrestling for like a couple weeks because we'd be in tech week and then we'd have the week of the show. So I did get uh, a good like detox where I could step back and be with my age and kind of experience high school. So that's kind of how I got through it. Yeah, I mean, like two years is a long time, though. And I was, I'm glad you were able to kind of step back for a while, do your thing in high school. After high school, you must have been like, okay, wrestling is on. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Uh, two years is a long time. Uh, what was the first promotion you wrestled for? Um, I get so technically it is it is Russell Russell Pro was the first company I wrestled for because it was a battle royal. The first okay. real company I ever actually had a match for was Creative Pro, though. Nice. What was going through your mind in that battle royal? Nervous? Uh, you know, just like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Honestly, no. I had so I had uh, I drove. I did. I didn't have a license at the time, so my grandfather drove me there, <laughs> and I kind of felt really bad for him that I was driving, that he had to drive me. What was going through my mind was nerves, but it wasn't for the wrestling. I was I was so comfortable and confident. It was it was a battle royal. We had done them in training. I had felt safe. Right. I knew the guys in the match because they're at the Creative Pro New Jersey school. So I felt at home. It was when I when I had there. So there was a call time. But call time happened when I was still in school. So I had to call Pat Buck. And I was like, this was like a couple weeks in advance. I was like, hey, Pat, I don't get out of school until like an hour after call time. And this is high school. It's not college. I can't just <laughs> right. when I show up. I have to be there. So he's like, yeah, it's no problem. I show up. And when I get there, I won't say who. A wrestler walks up to me. And like literally gets right in my face and goes, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm one of the wrestlers. And he goes, you know, we're supposed to be here like four hours ago. Not really. It was like two hours ago. I got there at like six. Call time was like four. Ooh. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I I, I told I told Pat Buck he, he knew I was going to be late. And he's just like, huh. And he just walked away from me. I was terrified. 
was like a little 16 year old kid terrified <laughs> uh did you really did you prove your ground during that match like did he was he impressed i know you said he were I, mean, I, I don't know i've never spoke, <laughs> I spoken to him about that ever in my life right i saw him at another show like a year later i was like hey man and he goes what's up kid how you doing he passed you me like nice after that uh you were you comfortable getting booked in more promotions i know you wrestled for chaotic mm. uh, what was what was chaotic like because obviously in new england there's so many promotions out there. Mm -hmm. Chaotic is one of the, you know, a top tier. But was it like wrestling for Chaotic? Uh, it was it was my first experience back on an independent show since COVID started. So it was I was very out of place in terms of like now I'm a little bit more comfortable. Before the pandemic, I was a little bit comfortable walking into a brand new locker room, introducing yourself, meeting everyone. Here it was so new. Like I completely forgot what I'm supposed to do. I completely forgot who I'm supposed to talk to. And with the pandemic, I was like, do, do I shake people's hands? Like, I didn't, know, I didn't know what to do with myself in that position. But Chaotic has an incredible, incredible environment. They have an insanely talented roster. And I was blessed I got to go up against Ricky Archer right away. And Ricky Archer, I, we have a joke. Ricky Archer is the me of New England, and I'm the him of Long Island. <laughs> I love there's, it. There's young, dare we say, good-looking jacked, jacked guys who just have similar in-ring styles. And they were very welcoming right away. I loved it. I loved it there. I remember I first saw Ricky Archer a couple of years ago in Massachusetts in 2019. He was just starting then, mm -hmm. I believe. And mm -hmm. he's really just skyrocketed out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, shout out to Ricky. Uh, again, Chaotic Wrestling is one of the big promotions. The Limitless is out there. Uh, do you have your eyes set on any big promotions in New England? Honestly, I, I want I want to wrestle everywhere. I want to get everywhere I can possibly be because I've I one thing I learned from Pat Buck early on is even if it's to this random town and you're, you're kind of like in your car driving home, like, why did I do that? Right. Really think about it. You're going to learn something from every single experience. Never think you're above anything, you know, always be willing to learn and soak in what you can take from any, uh, any event in your life. So I really just kind of want to get everywhere. I want to learn as much as I can. I want to get to the best possible level I can be. Ultimately the end goal is to get signed and to do this for a living and be on television. This way I can entertain the world. That's the ultimate goal. Other than wrestling, uh, what does Jack do for fun? Uh, you, uh, you're in school currently, correct? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to my senior year. I'm studying physical and health education. So I'm. So the side job would be a teacher. I can't imagine teaching and being a wrestler. That's very interesting. But I believe Hangman Adam Page has done it. I believe Colt Cabana has done it. So it's definitely possible. Um, I absolutely love it. I make I make YouTube videos not only for wrestling but for myself. Most of the time they do fall under professional wrestling, but a lot of the times they're just about my life because I just love filming. I love making videos. Outside of that, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty normal guy. I go to the gym. I go to church. I hang out with my friends. I watch a lot of, t a lot of TV. I'm a big, big cinema nerd. So I don't just, nice. like, I don't just like watch TV or movies cause like I'm lazy or because it's, it's easy or cause I like my couch or I like my bed. No, I do it because like I have this like really unhealthy obsession with the art that is cinema. The everything that goes into it, not just the acting, but like the film, the director's point of view. Like I just love everything that goes into it. It's so cool. It's so amazing. Netflix is obviously the most popular thing out there. Uh, during COVID, what were you, were you binge watching? Any shows? Any movies? Mm -hmm. uh, what were the stuff that you were uh, really, you know, caught your attention? I, I watched a little bit too much during the during quarantine. The first, right. we all did. Yeah, all the did. first thing I watched was actually not on Netflix. I watched One Tree Hill for the first time ever, which turned out, which has since become my all-time favorite TV show ever. 
Um, I love that show more than life itself. <laughs> what else did I watch? I watched Stranger Things. I watched Reba. I watched Riverdale. I watched, uh, oh, I watched Outer Banks, which just came out season two. Nice. Those are the two. There was something else. I can't think of it. Oh, uh, 13 Reasons Why was another thing I watched. So I watched a lot of shows start to finish. Speaking of One Tree Hill, uh, I just saw your YouTube. You yes. just got the jersey, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. My Nathan Scott jersey from the Tree Hill Ravens is actually hanging up right over there. Nice. <laughs> uh, got 13 Reasons Why was uh, very intense, very intense mm -hmm. show. Uh, other than all those other shows, wrestling, where, did you catch any like old wrestling matches or any new wrestling matches that you discovered? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll be honest, when it came to wrestling, there was, I honestly didn't watch much of it during the pandemic. And there was, there was uh, really one major reason. I think I, there was like a, a movie about a kid who became a professional wrestler and Keith Lee was in it. It was like some, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I watched that. Yeah, but the, main event, the main event. Is that what it was called? I can't remember. I watched that because it was, it was cute. It was like a little kid movie. Right. But I honestly didn't watch much, if any wrestling during the band, during quarantine, not the pandemic, just those three months where we were like tight, tight lockdown. Right. Cause I just, I, I couldn't, I watched it and I just got upset. I was like, I couldn't handle that. I couldn't do this. So to me, it was kind of, I had to take a step back. As a fan watching wrestling during the pandemic, I couldn't do it for the no crap. Mm -hmm. I just watching it. I'm just like, how do people watch this for three hours? Like it's so boring. It's so yeah. bad. But so I'll, bad. I'll also say it gave us things like the, the firefly firefly Funhouse match. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in wrestling. So obviously I watched WrestleMania when it came right. out, but like it was, there was no consistency. Cause I just, it made me sad. It made me really sad to watch. No, I agree. Uh, you talked about that movie, the main event, funny story real quick. I work with kids for a living. Right. Yeah. And one of the kids uh, talks about wrestling all the time. He's like, Oh, my favorite wrestler is smooth criminal. I'm like, who is a smooth criminal? I'm like, is that, Keith that? in the movie? Like, who is that? Yeah. It's like, I'm like, oh, Keith Lee. He goes, no, Smooth Criminal. I'm like, sure. all right, sure, whatever, sure, that's it. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever made him a fan. Whatever made him a fan. Yo, you're absolutely right. Um, Jack, uh, other than Netflix, other than all those movies, what what's your favorite movie? I got to ask. Now we're talking about movies before. What's your favorite movie of all time? Okay, so I have one that kind of stands above, and then I have like three or four that are right there. So all of them in all, one is Moneyball. I just love excellent, it. Excellent. Love, love it. Love the acting, love the story, true underdog story, and I love baseball. Uh, the next one is it's a tie between The Outsiders, which also is coincidentally my favorite book, The Breakfast Club, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Pain and Game. Okay. I a lot of young people are like very into like eighties movies. 80s like, Breakfast Club, Club, like I'm like, damn, like you guys love these '80s movies. I'm a nine, I'm like born '94. I like, you know, like mm. Sand Sandlot is one of my favorite movies. Uh, you said you're a baseball fan. Moneyball, excellent movie. What's your favorite baseball team? Yankees. Oh fuck, man! Oh, shit. Oh, damn it, damn, we can't be friends. I'm a Sox fan. I'm a big Sox fan. Well, that's just sad. No, it's not. Why not would really? You do that yourself? Huh? Why would you do that to yourself? I was born in a Red Sox household. I mean, hey. 2004 was a great year for us. I'm sure you know the history behind mm. 2004. Uh, I was four years old, bro. <laughs> what was happening in 04? Oh, Jesus. Um, all right, well, quick story. Red Sox had the greatest comeback in sports history. 
ask your parents about it. Look it up yeah. on Google. Stocks were down 0-3. Yankees were up three games to none. Mm-hmm. Yankees had to win one more game. Just one more game. Is this the American League Championship? Red Sox come okay. back and win four in a row. You know, sometimes things happen. At the end of the day, Yankees have 27 World Series. The Red Sox That's your only excuse. I hate that. You just had to do back to 2004. Come on. 2009. But you're – oh, whatever, whatever. My favorite baseball player is actually Bryce Harper, though. He's not even on the Yankees. He's a Phillies fan. Oh, yeah, he used to play for Nationals. And you guys got freaking – what's his name from the Cubs? You guys stole it it from us. Uh, Yeah, Rizzo. We were supposed to get him. Ah, dude. Mm -hmm. I hate to break this to people, and I hope I don't lose fans for this. Red Sox suck. (laughs) Point blank. (laughs) I don't know, man. You might lose me as a fan now. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, that is what it is. Now I'm just messing with you. Uh, Jack, this has been a lot of fun, though, talking to you, getting to know you. Um, hate to cut it short, but that's how it is. Um, I hope to get you on again soon, you know. Love that. Again, on the podcast very soon, because uh, I know you have a lot more going on in your life. I know you have way more bookings. Speaking of bookings, you have shows coming up this weekend, mm-hmm. Victory Pro Wrestling and Bliss Creek on Sunday. Uh, yep. What's your mindset going into those? Victory Pro Wrestling is like a whole, like another one to me, so I'm super excited. I'm going up against Mr. Tibbs, who's one of my all-time favorite opponents to work in the ring. He's he's insanely talented. He was there my first day of training, so I'm really excited to wrestle him. Then we got the Gold Rush Rumble, which is essentially just like a Royal Rumble, and the winner gets a shot at a VPW championship. So we got to win that, and we're going to hopefully get some gold for the Jack Pack. And then Sunday with Blitzkrieg, I'm super excited because that's where I put on my white, nice white jeans. I pretend that I'm a Backstreet Boy and a member of Big Ten Crunch, <laughs> and I get to sing with Eric James. That's that's where the well, that's where fun kicks in. I, I love sing, that. Sing my way into the fans' heart, and I kick my way into a win in the match. I love it. You you play a heel, uh, if I'm not mistaken, over there, huh? Yes, yes. Now, and you're typically a face, if I'm not mistaken. Very, very, very much. <laughs> I love it. Well, before we, I want to ask. Uh, What's it like playing a face in the heel? What's easier to you? Uh, so face is easier in a sense for me because it's what I'm used to. It's what I know. It's what I it's what I feel comfortable with. Right. I also have an, I have an inherent connection with young kids because I'm I'm so young looking. I'm, I love I love being hanging out with kids. I mean, I want to be a teacher. So it does work out for me. Um, being a heel in a sense, it's kind of quote unquote easier because <laughs> I like, you know, sometimes it's just easy just to look at people and just go, you suck. You know, it's a lot easier to insult someone than to be nice to someone. That's just, it's not the right way to go about life. It's not how I like to go about life. But when you're in that ring, it's all business. Right. Exactly. Uh, Jack, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I hope to have you on again in the near future. Uh, One more time, drop those plugs. Where can the nerds find you? Absolutely. YouTube, uh, Jack Tomlinson Vlogs, Instagram and TikTok, Jack Tomlinson 2000, Twitter, Jack Tomlinson double zero. And well, you don't spell out double zero, but you can get the merch at ProWrestlingTees.com slash JT Vlogs. All right, nerds, you heard it from the man himself. This has been an episode of What's Up Wrestler, a podcast by Nerds of Wrestling. I'm your host, Justin Del Rio. Peace out, nerds. Thanks for having me. And that concludes this episode on the Nerds of Wrestling Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe for more future episodes. I'm your host, Justin Del Rio. Peace out, nerds.